0: What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. Tuesday, June twenty eighth. Lucas and Tyler hanging out with you tonight. Tyler, how how's it going, my man?
1: Man, it's uh, it's good to be back in the cities after a nice little uh, rendezvous out to the nice little town of Duluth, Minnesota. Yeah. And it was hey look i know we we've, we we try to say we don't talk about the weather on this podcast but i got to say <laughs> the weather the past couple of days in duluth absolutely beautiful
0: beautiful I believe that. it was so, beautiful um, around here in the yeah, cities well. in the middle of all these stinking towers but <laughs> i can i can only imagine what it was like in duluth
1: you got a nice little breeze cuz you're right off of Lake Superior and yeah it's it was it was a grand old time and a nice little happy birthday shout out to none other than Matthew
0: happy birthday brother plath. brother plath brother plath brother plath
1: brother plath there we go um but yeah it was a nice little trip out and i'm 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 happy to be back it was a little weird though because it's a tuesday currently right It's going to throw my whole week off. I'm just going to say it. It's just going to throw my entire week off. But you know what? We'll make it through. We'll make it through. We're talking fantasy football now.
0: I'm always happy with that. I'm always happy with that. Cameron isn't with us tonight. Um, Once again, um, yeah, just decided that uh, Well, I was good. I mean, I don't know. Like, is he part of the podcast at this point? he
1: doesn't think we're bold enough in our takes. And so he said, you know what? I'm taking this solo.
0: Yeah. You can uh, go check out Cameron's podcast. I will never outperform the fantasy football fellas, wherever you oh. get your uh, <laughs> podcast. <from. laughs> Cameron, we love you. We miss you. Come back soon. Uh, he, he's got a that. full agenda. He's got a full agenda here. So um, watch. It'll be me who won't be here next week. And that, won't surprise me when that
1: happens. I, I mean, that's just our our luck. Is that it's our luck? You know, it'll the the lead up will be, oh, we can all make it, or we can all do it together, and then someone's gonna message.
0: Just not kidding. me.
1: <laughs> not this <laughs> <It> week. <laughs>
0: won't be me this week. <laughs> Well, we got a good episode coming up for you today. We are doing another divisional breakdown. We are bringing you the NFC North this week. Uh, This is our beloved division. As Minnesota Vikings fans, we could talk about the NFC North all day long if we wanted to. Um, So we are looking forward to breaking that down for you. We got some news and notes to kick off the podcast. And Ty's back with another hot take per every divisional breakdown episode. Tyler will have a hot take. We are... We're looking forward to that. So, uh, you know what? Let's just dive into it so we can get to talking the NFC North here. Let's uh, let's cover some news and notes quick. I was listening back to the like insert transition, and I I kind of hate it. So I'm sure everybody yeah. else hates it. I kind of hate it.
1: Yeah, I mean it was it was a nice little joke, but uh, <laughs> we'll spare we we, we ran listeners. it dead.
0: We ran it dead. <laughs> we, we ran did. it we dead. Did. Simple as that. <laughs> News and notes from around the league. Not much to cover since uh, last week's episode, surprisingly. Uh, new today, though, Terry McLaurin. Three-year extension with the Washington Commanders. Worth up to $71 million. You knew this was going to happen. You knew he was going to get his money. I I mean, does this mean... I I, I hate asking the question, does signing a contract mean anything for a player? But, like, I don't know. I don't feel any different about Terry after this contract.
1: No, I'm seeing so many people say like, well, this extension just kills his fantasy outlook for the next two to three years. And I'm like, wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. The man was, I mean, well, I'll I'll, I'll be gracious and I'll say high end flex because I know people are not going to agree with the low end wide receiver too. I know they won't agree with it, but that's just what it was. Mm -hmm. With Tyler Heineke.
0: Taylor. He has.
1: Did I say Tyler? Sorry, I'm just, Tyler. I'm just. A it's brat your name. Sometimes. Just
0: you were on the field. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay.
1: Um, no, but like Heineke was his quarterback. Now he has Wentz. I mean, and who knows? It might not even work out next year. And next year in the draft, they take a quarterback first round.
0: They could like, be in the running for, for a, a Bryce Young. I mean, right. he'll probably go one. He'll probably go first overall. But I, CJ Stroud.
1: Another Ohio State quarterback goes to die. I know. I
0: just throw him in here. I, dude, I, I would, no, I, I mean, I hate all Ohio State quarterbacks when they come out because none of them are that good in the NFL. But mm-hmm. uh, alas, he'd be a name no, but, to throw in there.
1: Right. I think, I just think the point with Terry McLaurin is that this neither hurts nor helps him. He's still going to be a mid to low end wide receiver, too. That's just, that's yes. just, that's just it.
0: That is that is the story. That is all you need to know about this contract signing. He got his money. He's going to play this year. He's a mid to low wide receiver too. 100% agree. Alvin Kamara bracing for a six game suspension. This takes. This is a big blow to fantasy owners, uh, fantasy managers, fantasy players. I think we were all expecting like a four game suspension. Uh, you throw six on top of there, like Alvin Kamara. He was going, uh, at like running back nine in drafts currently, which missing four games was a little bit rich for me but now he misses six how much do you think this impacts his value going into the season and this isn't confirmed he's bracing for six but i mean if that's what the player is expecting i can only imagine the nfl is probably going to meet that once a report comes out about
1: it yeah so i mean the six game suspension is is the the minimum for i mean there are multiple kinds of charges that a player could get that results in a minimum six game suspension battery is one of them and the player then has the ability to negotiate his way down or negotiate his suspension down so there i mean there still is a possibility he only does get four games but until then when you hear news like this that he's bracing for six game suspension doesn't make you feel too great about you know you know in dynasty if you already got him or you're doing startup drafts or whatever, right? Like even yeah. even like best ball, it doesn't sit well because
0: no, it doesn't even sit well for best ball. No.
1: Because he, he's still going top 12 running backs and he and, and now that's at least you know a a little less than half of his season potentially right. gone in suspension. Now 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 it becomes a challenge where you find or you know you give him a decent enough you know maybe not sorry not decent respectful ranking right because you know what kind of situation he comes back to after a suspension but how you know you don't want to waste super high capital on him you don't want to wait too long because you know he won't be there so now it's now it's just trying to find where he belongs in rankings and stuff
0: It feels a lot feels similar to Zeke back in 2016 Mm -hmm. where he had his suspension Um, was his six or four. I think his was six. I thought his was more like half the season. Maybe either way. So either way, it feels a lot like Zeke in 2016, right? Where all of a sudden you're going to be able to get him mid fourth round and he's probably going to pay off for you later in the season, but man, you're sitting on that for a while. So look, I don't think he can be drafted top 10 anymore. I think he becomes borderline top twenty. I mean, when you miss the third of a season, like that's not a guy I can take in the top twenty picks, top thirty picks, mm-hmm. really. Even um, first three rounds, I don't want to touch him. So, yeah, that's tough. That's tough for Camara's fantasy value. Um, yeah, if they, if it indeed is a six game suspension, that would be that would be tough. Uh, speaking of missing more time, Bucks beat wouldn't be surprised. Chris Godwin starts the season on the pup list. Hey, that's not good news. Uh I was expecting four again, this is another Camaro. I was expecting four. Now we're talking six. If he's a start, if he lands on the pup list prior to the season, it's at least six, not two more after that, but you got to think with Chris Godwin's timeline, six would be enough games.
1: You would you would think, but I think at the same time it may just be a little on the conservative side in terms of getting him back, because I think Tampa projects to be a very, very good team in the regular season that they don't need Chris Godwin to rush back. Right. So I can see the the hesitancy, right. Cause you're just like, Oh, that, that does, you know, it does kind of hurt fantasy, you know, value, but from an NFL perspective, you're like, actually that kind of, I mean, it makes sense. Obviously, yeah. you want to see him on the field, but it makes sense that you don't have to rush him back.
0: 100%. Yeah, and that's not a guy you want to rush back after the money you paid him last year. That's not a guy you want to rush back and re-injure again. So from a fantasy perspective, obviously we've grown. From a long-term perspective, it's definitely probably the, the right thing. And If he does land on the pup list, obviously his ADP will fluctuate accordingly. It'll be like Kamara. All of a sudden, we're not looking at him in the fourth round anymore. We're probably looking sixth, seventh, eighth round out of Chris Godwin if he's missing a third of the season or more. Um, But those were really only the three big pieces of news from the last week. Is there anything that I missed? I don't think there was anything else that really happened.
1: No, no. I mean, this is the, uh, I don't want to call it the dead zone, but, you know, there was this dead zone between the draft and mini camps. Now we've hit stage two between mini camps and training camp.
0: Yep, definitely agree. And soon we'll have plenty of beat beat reporters coming out and giving us all the juicy, <laughs> the juicy uh, reports that we need to spread false hope on. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, all the team beat writers and all the anonymous beat writers,
0: all of them, they're going to team up and they're going to give us all the goods. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to our NFC North divisional breakdown, starting with hot take, Ty. Tyler, what is your hot take this week for the NFC North.
1: So, you know, last week our hot take was a little on the uh, favorable side you could say for Mr. Rashad Bateman. I agree. Thought about going a little a uh, little on the negative side this week but you know, decided against it because we will be talking about a player that us fellas are very much in on this year and are very high yeah. on That is Mr. DeAndre Swift running back for the Detroit Lions. Yes. Hot take of the episode. I'm looking like directly into the camera for this one.
0: You can look down. You're You're slightly above. (laughs) Oh, shoot.
1: Shoot. Shoot. There we go. There you go. DeAndre Swift will finish as a top three running back in fantasy football this year.
0: That's what I'm talking about.
1: Could have said one. That was a okay, little us well,
0: sh- <laughs> Can I can, can I go super hot take, Lucas? Because I would say he's going to finish as the running back one overall. That's as far as I would go. But I'm not hot take Ty. I'm not hot take Ty. I'm just See, super super hot take Lucas. Which there <laughs> there there too. are
1: player, there are players named Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey.
0: Number one, Swiss yeah. better than all of them. Who are we kidding? Okay.
1: Okay, <laughs> I expect to see this happen in a new in a in a new league draft starting soon. I expect to see that out of you if you had the number one pick.
0: I'll just mock you. Uh, I'll I'll sit in a mock with you and I'll get the number one pick. I'll do it there. I'll put my money where my mouth is, and then we don't have to look. Forget at it forget,
1: forget drafting value, right? Because he's white wider or the running back eight right now at his ADP. Forget value. Yeah, Just ADD. go get your guy. Just go, go get, get your guy. guy.
0: You believe in him. Go get him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to DeAndre Swift eventually in the AFC North breakdown, but we're going to start with the Chicago Bears first, and we're going to start with second-year quarterback Justin Fields. Interesting prospect this year. Uh, been some reports out of camp saying his footwork and mechanics have looked a bit better. I great. I don't really care until you actually put him in full motion game action to see how Fields performs. Um, I'm not really interested in him unless if it's like superflex two quarterback leagues. I have him at quarterback 16. Cameron has him at quarterback 18. But Tyler, you have him at quarterback 23. What keeps him outside of your top 20 quarterbacks this year? Because at that point in superflex, if you're in a 12 man league, like that's borderline starter in a superflex. Like you may not even be starting Justin Fields on a given week
1: let's let's take a look at the last three years and all the quarterbacks that have um had a new head coach slash system in their sophomore year Justin Herbert in 2020 drafted by the charters head coach that year it was Anthony Lynn he finished as a QB9 respectable. respectful respectable last year new coach and Brandon Saley he finished as a quarterback two. Okay.
0: Very respectable.
1: (laughs) Very, very respectable. 2019 was the year Daniel Jones got drafted by the Giants. His rookie head coach was Pat Shermer. He finished as a QB 23 that year. His sophomore year was the first year of Joe Judge. And he finished as quarterback 24 that year. Barf. Barf. 2018 we've got two quarterbacks from this draft let's first start with baker mayfield rookie head coach hugh jackson got fired in the middle of the season if you remember that hey followed following year his coach was none other than freddie kitchens
0: (laughs) good old freddie kitchens
1: good old freddie kitchens Baker finished his rookie year as a quarterback 16, which is pretty modest, honestly. Mm-hmm. 2019, he fin- or 2019 with Freddie Kitchens, he finished as a quarterback 19. So he took a step back in terms of fantasy production. Yep. The other quarterback from 2018 was Sam Darnold.
0: Oh. The darnold
1: the man himself who saw ghosts on the football field. Sam Darnold. Uh, his rookie head coach was Todd Bowles, believe it or not, and Darnold finished as a quarterback 27 that year. Following year, the Jets hired none other than Adam Gase, <laughs> Mr. I'm Career I'm so glad Destroyer. he doesn't have a job.
0: At, I can't. I shouldn't say that. I'm just, oh, He Adam Gase, what a guy.
1: Well, I mean, being Minnesota sports fans, if we ever say, like, I'm so glad this guy doesn't have a job, the Vikings will then bring him in for a job right. and it's going to be, yeah, not, not ideal. But that year, Sam Darnold finished as a quarterback 27. So zero change in how he finished. Yeah. All I, I mentioned those four names because I've got a question for you now. Okay. Would you put, Justin Fields in the same kind of category of quarterbacks like Justin Herbert, who can take a leap in his sophomore year?
0: I No, 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 I won't defend myself, but the the answer is no. (laughs)
1: Let me then group the next three, because I think I know your answer. Daniel Jones, (laughs) Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold. Do you think Justin Fields is more like them in terms of sophomore leaps?
0: Far, I think it's far, in terms of their talent and draft capital, I think that's far more likely.
1: So I get last year that Justin Fields didn't play a full season. He finished as a quarterback 30-1 last year, and now that he's going to get a full season, obviously he's going to finish higher than he did last year, Right. That's a gift. It, that's just that's that's just how it's going to be. But from what I, you know, researched and all that, with Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold not able to improve in fantasy with similar talents, I'll I'll, I'll just say it: with similar talents as Justin Fields, I'm not expecting a top twenty finish from him. And I think honestly, like before today. I had him a little bit lower than 23 like all the way down at 27.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I like the only upside that he has is rushing. And he has he has athleticism and he has speed to be a decent quarterback or a rushing quarterback. But the system that they're bringing in is not tailored to a rushing quarterback. That's So fair. so for me all that to say Justin Fields, like in Dynasty, I can absolutely understand. Maybe not the not maybe not where he's being taken, but I can understand the intrigue to Fields because he's just a super young quarterback. But when it comes to redraft, he should be nowhere near your roster. He should stay on waivers for, dare I say, the entire season.
0: Oh rough. That's unless rough.
1: I mean, unless there not is even some a
0: streamer option.
1: I wouldn't even give him that because I hey. I, just, he's got zero. I mean, Darnell Moody and Cole Komet are his only weapons. He's got no offensive line. So to take the pressure off of a sophomore quarterback who did not have the greatest rookie year, they're going to run the ball. I just yeah. I just don't I don't buy into fields at all this year and I'm I'm way, way, way out. And maybe twenty-three right now where I have him is a little harsh. I just I like I said, I'm out. I can't I can't invest in him this year.
0: I mean, I don't plan on investing in him, but like I think his rushing upside does give him does give him some saving grace. Like I only have him for thirty five hundred passing yards, eighteen touchdowns, and fourteen interceptions. Like he gets nothing done with his arm, but then and I go and I look um, at his rushing upside, uh, 136 attempts for 788 and four touchdowns. That might be a little bit generous and a little bit hopeful. But I think the thing that does separate Justin Fields from a lot of the guys you mentioned is that he is much more of a mobile quarterback. and He's much more effective with his legs uh, playmaking than he is with his arm. And I think that's kind of the, like, it, it's one of those where he's like, <clears throat> if he had, oh my goodness, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I needed to get that out i just needed i didn't want to mute myself it's just like i needed to make it obvious i was having issues <laughs> with my with my chest right there um like even if he has like a walmart minus jalen hurt season i say walmart minus because i need to like dock it further than just a walmart right but like that's gonna be justin field saving grace is his rushing upside this year so for that alone, I'm willing to make him my quarterback two in super flex leagues, but I'm not touching him in single quarterback leagues. Like like you said, he's a streaming option at best in single quarterback leagues. I would agree with you there. Uh, let's keep it moving. We got a lot of players to cover here, and we spent a lot of time on Justin Fields, but it was needed. Sorry. It was needed to explain. No, needed. no, no. It was good. It was needed. It was needed. David Montgomery. Uh, I think I can uh, kind of summarize this a little bit. I mean, you you said yourself, Chicago is going to want to take the ball out of justin field's hands if they can afford to and run the football right i'm shocked did you move david montgomery up in your rankings because i've had him at 13 for the longest time
1: i did i had him at 17 i want to say and then i looked at it and i said okay would i rather have david montgomery or let's see some other guys oh like nick chubb or javante williams or james connor and i'm like I kind of lean Montgomery, honestly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love Monty. I love Monty. I've like, we've talked about him in in previous podcasts recently. Um, I don't have him statted out for anything absurd. I don't think Uh, 255 attempts for 1,020 yards. That's literally four yards of carry. Like that's nothing special. Eight touchdowns. Okay. He scored six, seven and eight touchdowns in his career. Only played 13 games last year, scored seven touchdowns, so I don't think eight is unreasonable whatsoever. Receiving 55 receptions, 65 targets, 401 yards, and a touchdown there. First counter, first first pushback point, 255 attempts. Khalil Herbert is there. If you think 255 attempts is, like, way too high for Monty, his 17-game pace last year was 274, and his 17-game pace in 2019 was 294. <laughs> like, the man was getting absurd volume. I am allowing there to be 20 to 40 touches uh, delegated to Khalil Herbert this year. Okay? Make no... I'm not making light of that. Like, Khalil Herbert is a thing, but I don't think he's the thing. The only thing I could see myself being a bit generous on is his targets. His 17 game base last year was... 66 targets 77 in 2019 though so that's one where i'm like i think it'll probably stay around the same justin fields did target him i believe he had uh two games of five or more targets with justin fields uh when he they were on the field together last year so justin fields will dump it off i get Khalil herbert's a nice piece and i get luke getsy coming from green bay doesn't give you like monty workhorse vibes with how they've been shifting around their backfield the past couple of years but like outside of his targets, I feel like I have Monty statted pretty appropriately, pretty modestly for the most part. So I look like, I get Khalil and Justin Fields are gonna take rushing attempts, but like Monty's the running back one there. We, we we can't get that twisted whatsoever. He's the running back one there. He will get volume, he will get his touches. I'm confident in him as a top fifteen play this year, locking and loading. I, I I'm a big fan of Monty this year. Darnell Mooney. I, I don't know. Did you want to add anything else in there before we move on? You nailed it. Excellent. Perfect. Darnell Mooney. Wide receiver 29 for me. Wide receiver 33 for you. 32 for Cameron. I've been seeing a ton of Darnell Mooney hype on uh, on really all socials recently. Uh, I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen it on TikTok. I've seen it on Instagram. I've seen it everywhere from fantasy pages. I get it, right? No more A-Rob, right? This team will have to pass the ball a ton because their defense got significantly worse this offseason. Oh, my goodness, Siri. Shut up, Siri. (laughs) I don't know if you could hear that.
1: Just a tad. Maybe
0: just a little bit. Absurd. (laughs) We're getting really derailed this episode. Um, (laughs) Mooney hype. I get it. No way, Rob. going to be passing the ball a lot. That defense got worse this offseason but he barely makes my top 30 and he's outside of both you and Cameron's top thirties. Why in the world is that? Why are we not expecting this top 20, top 15 finish for Darnell Mooney this year?
1: I, I, I think it comes back to Justin Fields. I really think it's this offense is going to go through David Montgomery, whether we like it or not, it just will. And when it gets into the red zone, I'm expecting a lot of red zone targets for a bigger body like Cole Komet. Or they're gonna rush into with Montgomery. Mont or you know, there will be times where you know Mooney gets targeted in the red zone, but I just don't expect this. I maybe the, the best way to put it, I just don't expect a whole lot from this offense this year. Like the Bears might like the Bears should have a top five pick in the NFL draft.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They
1: really should. Like it's just it's going to be a really, really bad season for the Bears.
0: They took so many more steps backwards than they did forwards this off season, <clears throat> and I understand Mooney is going to be the guy there now. I just <clears throat> I don't buy it. I don't buy. I just don't see the touchdowns. I like I have him statted out for one hundred and forty five targets. I have him getting volume, but like I don't. There is just too many guys ahead of him. I would rather have with far more upside that can make up for disgusting volume and lack of touchdowns, right? um that's where i'm that's where i'm at with mooney so i get it i get it I, I get if you want to be in on mooney i think he's priced appropriately in this range of 29 30 that's about where he's going in drafts i think this is the perfect spot for him i wouldn't draft him any higher than this i just don't think like his ceiling could be top 25 but like twenty three, twenty four, not like 18 19 like I, I just don't see him getting climbing into that top twenty this year. I just there, there's too many other talented wide receivers out there in better offenses.
1: I think I think the maybe the I think it just came to my mind really. he's kind of Brandon Cooks light ish, I guess. Not light, necessarily yeah, by light. like <laughs> light, not not necessarily by like style of play or anything. But Mooney is very much a like the lone wide receiver for an for an inexperienced quarterback. Right. Except the difference between cooks and Mooney is that just their offenses are going to be very, very different.
0: Yep. Yep. They are going to be different. hundred percent agree there. Uh, Let's move on to a guy. You actually just brought up Cole Komet to wrap out the bears. I think this might surprise a lot of people. I've got him as my tight end 10. You have him as your tight end ten. Even Cameron agrees with us. Has him as his tight end nine. That I, I was surprised you thought high on Cool Combat. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I saw that and I was like, my goodness. I expected Cameron to have him at like seventeen or something because I I think we all agree tight ends aren't does. his forte. Um, no, but...
1: all, not necessarily his forte. He just doesn't <laughs> give them the light of day.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. That that's that's a, a better way of putting it. I agree. Komet's probably our favorite sleeper tight end. Is he not? Like Zach Ertz, I feel like is still going in the top 10. We're like, I feel like he's our favorite late round value tight end. Sleeper wise, Cole Komet is my favorite sleeper tight end by far, by a mile. Mm-hmm. Look, he's not this brilliant, flashy talent or anything, right? But there's always one tight end every year that sneaks their way into the tight end. And I think that's Cole Komet this year. The man was ninth in tight end targets last year. That's a great start. Uh, When you have a young quarterback who is targeting his tight end at a high frequency, that's a good sign. Uh, And so, so, I mean, again, Fields and Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz, excuse me, Fields and um, Andy Dalton. I only put Dalton in my notes. Um, Fields and Andy Dalton were, (laughs) I saw Dalton, I just immediately went to Dalton Schultz, tight end. We'll talk about NFC
1: East switch up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, again, it feels like we represent NFC East a lot. (laughs) Man was ninth in tight end targets last year, okay? No more Jimmy Graham stealing touchdowns from him. All right, that's going to be huge for Komet. He scores even four touchdowns. Creeps up into that top 10 range, right? Just one of those guys He's going to disgusting volume his way into a top 10 tight end finish. You're not going to love rostering him. But he's one of those guys where you'll pick him up like midseason and you're like, yeah, that, that was a great pickup this year and he's a top 10 tight end without, without even knowing it. So yeah. Uh, anything you want to add on to that? I think those are kind of the big, the big tipping points for, for
1: I, I uh, want Mr. to talk Trump. about Deandre Swift. So let's, let's, uh, let's keep it rolling.
0: Yeah, we'll keep it rolling. Deandre Swift. All right. <laughs> Switch to the Detroit Lions here. He's our running back seven across the board for all three of us. Look, we love DeAndre Swift this year. It is no secret. We're going to continue pushing that bandwagon towards, like, wide receiver or not wide receiver, running back one upside, right? Overall running back one upside. I'll, I'll just I'll just ask you, I'll, I'll literally set it on the tee for you, and you can just knock it out of the park. What makes us so in on DeAndre Swift this year?
1: I think we need to take a look at a 17-game pace season, or a 2021 season for DeAndre Swift. because
0: 17-game pace, 100, yep. That's where we need to start.
1: The, because the man nearly had, he would have finished with 200 carries, give or take yep. like three carries, a <laughs> little over 800 yards, give or take maybe six yards.
0: Yeah. And, si- yep. and
1: six rushing touchdowns. Okay. I like that that that's a that's a relatively solid rushing line maybe the yards could have been a little bit better but he makes up for it with his receiving stats cuz the man would have finished with 81 catches over 100 targets and two touchdowns and we didn't even put in the yards that come with that
0: 100, 102 targets is enough for me i don't even want i don't even want the yards in there at that point if you're getting over 100 targets <laughs> Uh, you look at Alvin Kamara, you look at Saquon Barkley, you look at Christian McCaffrey, those kind of guys who have gotten over 100 targets in the season, top three, hands down. Austin Eckler. Austin, thank you. He had 94 last season. But close enough. (laughs) Close enough. Top three. You get that kind of receiving volume, that's priceless in fantasy. And people will say, well, they brought in Jameson Williams, they brought in DJ Chark. Wide receiver targets are not running back targets. We cannot get that twisted. We cannot get that twisted. The, the the quality, the purpose of a wide receiver pass compared to a running back dump off, a running back screen, are two totally different things. We cannot get that twisted. I feel like that, like, I don't know if there's anything you want to add on to that statement. I feel like there's more context that I'm missing there. But the, tar- the, the targets are not equal. They are not the same. They don't necessarily take away from one another unless if it's a wide receiver leaving a team wide receivers coming to a team don't really impact running back targets.
1: No, I think, I think uh, we just need to create a new mantra. All create all, all targets are not created equal.
0: That's what, that's the phrase I was looking for. Thank you. (laughs) Kept trying to word my way to the phrase and I couldn't find it. (laughs) All targets are not created equal. That's the case with DeAndre Swift. And because of that, like, I know people say, well, uh, um, Jamal Williams. Cuts into his upside. I was like, uh, Jamal Williams, I was thinking. Cuts into oh. his upside. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. Like, like no, I understand. No. It's split, split backfield. But, like, if, if you're splitting your backfield and you get 197 carries, you want to know who else was splitting backfields last year? Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, who both finished right around top 15, running back. And they had nowhere near, <laughs> nowhere near the receiving work that DeAndre Swift does. Leonard Fournette. 180 carries last year. You don't need 200 plus carries to be a top five guy. You just don't. You just don't. If you get the receiving work, it makes up for it. DeAndre Swift will make up for it. I guarantee it. I promise you. Draft DeAndre Swift at all costs. Do it. Do it. Not at the 101 or 102 or 103, but anytime after that, do it. Do it. it. Let's talk uh, TJ Hawkinson. Tight end seven for me, tight end eight for you, tight end seven. I feel like this is just like the appropriate range for Hawk. And I'm just going to kind of like, I'm not even going to provide any statistical evidence here. Like I'm just going to like reason our way to TJ Hawkinson being a tight end seven. I think it'll just, it just makes sense. It makes sense. He's going to be a top tight end option this year. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. Okay. He's going to be a good tight end option this year, but we have Kelsey. We have Andrews. We have Waller, we have Kittle, we have Pitts. There's five right there that I think we are all very confident will finish ahead of TJ Hawkinson this year. Dalton Schultz is the 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 dark horse here, the mixed bag kind of guy, right? Where does he fit into this, right? I think we all agree. All of us are in on Dalton Schultz Amari Cooper's out of town, right? He had a top five tight end season last year. Dalton Schultz, he's probably going to finish there again this year. There's no reason why he can't. So, that puts him above Hawk for me. I look at everyone else. I don't know. You could look at a Zach Ertz, Like I get, if you want to put Zach Ertz above him, uh, Dallas Goddard, I think with AJ Brown in town, I'm not too worried about him trying or surpassing TJ Hawkinson this year. And he, then you get to the Comets, the, the mutes, the Dawson Knox, the Gasekis. I want none of those guys over TJ Hawkinson, right? I just reasoned our way without statistical evidence why T.J. Hawkinson just fits like a glove at tight end seven, tight end eight, depending on who you want to, if you want to include Zach Ertz there or not, which I assume you're including Zach Ertz ahead of T.J. Hawkinson. I do. <laughs> okay, because Cameron and I, I think, have him at tight end eight and you have him at tight end seven. So that makes that makes a lot of sense. But I don't know. Is there anything you want to add to that? I, It just, it, it seems too obvious that tight end seven is the perfect spot for T.J. Hawkinson.
1: I think... I th- I think we said it best. I mean, the the first six tight ends we mentioned are going to be contributors in winning your league in some way, shape, or form. Yep. But Hawkinson's the first tight end that is a very solid option, but he's he just misses out on that like contributor to a league winner. Yeah. Piece. He just misses out.
0: Yeah. I I definitely agree. And and part of it is now you start looking at um, wide receiver targets, right? And how that affects TJ Hawkinson. Those targets are far more similar than running back targets. Give that disclaimer right now, right? They bring in more target competition for him. So I, uh, yeah, that's real. That's real. But look, top seven, top eight options. So I think you can still be fine with him on your team, but it's after Hawk that you're all of a sudden kind of like, hey, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's move on to the other pass catcher, primary pass catcher in this offense, Amun-Ra, St. Brown. I'm shocked with how high I have Amon ra I have him as a top 20 play. I have him as my wide receiver, 18. Tyler, you have him at 21. This is where like we need Cameron back on the podcast because I need him to explain why he has amon ra at wide receiver, 30. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> seems really low to me. I, I'm... I have him started out pretty much the same as his 2021 season. By the time you stretch that over 17 games, you get TJ Hawkinson back, you bring DJ Charkin, you get Jameson Williams, right? At that point, I feel like his projection probably just ends up being around the same for this next season. I don't know. All that to say, you have him borderline top 20. What's your confidence level in that?
1: I think... See, I feel like Amon Ross St. Brown is one of those players that you take and you're like, I don't feel super great about it, but I feel like yeah. he really should be one of those players that you feel pretty certain about
0: Yeah, because he's, he's
1: going, he's going to give volume. And I don't, I know that Jameson Williams is coming into town. They brought in DJ Chark all those guys are complementary to Amon Ross St. Brown. They're not necessarily, I mean, obviously they're threats because their presence is there, but like, it's not like they're carbon copies of what Amon Ross St. Brown does. And Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be, is, is the slot guy. Like he, like they, he's the piece that they're going to move around. Maybe Jameson a little bit, but again, like they're not going to rush him back. So I, like I said, he, he's being looked at as the, I don't feel super great about him, but he really should kind of give you some sort of comfort and safety in selecting him.
0: Yeah. That's how I feel. I'm not excited to take Amon Ra inside of the top 20, but I know he's not going to hurt me if I take him there. Um, I think where you're getting him at drafts right now is probably fair value. I I should have put his ADP down right now. I didn't, um, but if you want to, if you want to find a quick, go for it. Um Yeah. Just one of those guys that I, he, he's a safe play. I don't know if he has the outside to win you your league this year. But I think he like, could he be like a Brandon cooks, more of a Brandon cooks than a Darnell Mooney is just with the safety. And like, you're not going to like, I I don't know. I, I'm not expecting almond Ra to have, you know, f- four straight 20 plus point pan- fantasy weeks. Like I'm not expecting that, but like, I don't think it's, unreasonable to think he can give you 12 every week
1: i i really i think i think the th- the thing is with with amon Ross, St. brown is that his ceiling is just not as high right. as people would hope to be
0: yes i would agree
1: but the f- the floor is relatively there it it it, it, it really yeah. is so it's one of those like if you want to stack up a running back just like the mock draft we did. I don't know how long ago it was. I took yeah, three running 1. backs. Yep. Yeah, I took three running backs and I f- and I had him on Ross Rossing Brown falls to me in the 7th. I think maybe yeah.
0: the 6th. 7th. It was the 7th. Cuz he- I was shocked how late you got him.
1: But he was my wide receiver too and you know and I looked at my team at that point and I said I like that. I really like yeah.
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be a piece that you can add in your drafts he may not be your wide receiver too, but if he's your wide receiver three, I'd be thrilled with that. I'd be thrilled with that. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to make you pick no explanation. I would you rather have DJ Chark or Jameson Williams on your redraft roster this year.
1: I'll go DJ Chark just because he's just a bigger target for Jared Goff. So maybe there's some red zone opportunity there because I just don't know how the Lions are going to use Jameson Williams.
0: Yeah. I, and I, th- I, I, as i wrote the question i i was leaning jameson williams but i if he's coming back second half of the season rookie wide receivers need at least half a season to get acclimated to the league i think i would rather just take Chark, but i don't want either on my team if i'm being perfectly honest so yeah neither um think we can both agree Jared Goff, little to no fantasy value this year stay away <laughs> sounds great let's move on to the packers as we're coming up on uh 40 some minutes here Aaron Rodgers, the man himself, not in our top 12 quarterbacks this year. What? All across the board. <gasps> oh, I know. how dare us. People probably think we're idiots. They do think we're idiots. Let's be real. When we posted our top 10 quarterbacks video on TikTok, everyone's like, you don't have the back-to-back MVP in there? I'm like, well, does the back-to-back MVP have Devontae Adams on his team anymore? <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Aaron always makes it work. okay kid (laughs) okay (laughs) all right quarterback 13 across the board for all of us i don't think any of us regret it i don't think any of us regret it because when you lose the best wide receiver in football that you funnel 160 plus targets to every single season and your next best dude is alan lazard some cfs rookie not some i shouldn't disrespect christian watson like that but a cfs rookie out Of North Dakota State, those are your Sammy Sammy Watkins. Those are your best Randall options. Cobb. <laughs> Randall, the ghost of Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon, and his beautiful man bun. Like those are your options after Devonta. I'm sorry. I I don't get it. I don't get why people still love Aaron Rodgers this year. And I like here's the thing like, I don't even think Aaron Rodgers is a gonna be a bad NFL quarterback this year. I don't think he's gonna be bad. I think it's just, honestly, it's just, I like that many guys for fantasy more than Aaron Rodgers this year. You look at Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow or Aaron Rodgers. Who'd you rather have? Burrow. Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. Stafford. Dak Prescott. Dak. Russell Wilson. Going as quarterback 11 right now. Blows my mind. He's going after Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Steel. Russ. Yes. And the thing about all these teams is that they have far better wide receiver corps they're throwing the football to. I get Aaron can make up for that, but like, I'm sorry. You have Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, better than Alan Lazard? Yes?
1: <laughs> just a, just a, t- maybe just a little Cooper bit better. Cooper
0: Cup, Cooper Cup, better than Alan Lazard. CD oh, Lamb, me. better than Alan Lazard. Jamar Chase, you, T Higgins. Tyler Boyd? You, Tyler now Boyd? Now
1: Tyler I'd rather have Tyler Boyd than Alan Lazard
0: this is the point people wrap your heads around this talent isn't everything in fantasy football you also need the situation too and Aaron Rodgers just doesn't have that this year that is it Aaron Rodgers is a fan all-time great all-time great we are not denying greatness but I'm sorry I I don't know how people can like view him as a top 10 lock this year when you just lost the best wide receiver in football, I, I, it just does not compute in my brain. I don't know how it computes in other people's. Like, I don't know what kind of math they're looking at. All right, Aaron Rodgers rant over. I, <laughs> it's not even hometown bias. Like, I can't even say that. Like, I genuinely feel this way about Aaron Rodgers this year. I just, he had two years of greatness after being awful for fantasy football for two years prior. Like, this for him being a quarterback 13 isn't anything out of the ordinary I don't think like that's not it shouldn't be something where you're like <gasps> because he just hasn't he hasn't always been this top 5 like we've seen the past 2 years I don't know I I need to get off this horse I need to move on to these running backs now I'm going to keep ranting about this all day Aaron Jones We love Aaron Jones. Finished as running back 11 last year. Uh running back 9 for both Cameron and I running back 8 for you Tyler Currently going as the running back 12. Distaste, distasteful, honestly, if you ask me. It's a why 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 do we love Aaron Jones this year? Why what what's with our Aaron Jones love?
1: He I he's wide receiver one on Green Bay, honestly. <laughs> I,
0: I mean, I, not actually, I don't think he actually will be, but like he has the most trust with Aaron Rodgers. I think yep. he'll be a big benefit of Devontae Adams leaving. Think some of those targets will funnel his way.
1: I, and I think the rushing game is gonna be I mean it's gonna it's gonna lead the way for him this year. And yep. that's probably the other argument for Rogers not being super high is that it's just gonna be the run game this year. Like yeah, that's just that's just how it's gonna be because you lost Devontae Adams and you replaced him with Alan Lazard. Yeah. So Look, Aaron Jones may not get a whole lot of goal line carries. Those may fall to A.J. Dillon, but the receiving numbers are what's going to keep Aaron Jones' top 10 relevant this year.
0: 100%. Is it unreasonable to think, like, 20 of Devontae Adams' 169 targets last season fall to Aaron Jones this year? We're talking about a guy who's seen 63-plus targets in each of the past three seasons, been a top top 12 running back in those seasons. I may say forty. This is exactly it. Let's do some simple math. MVS has gone too. By the way, his targets have to be redistributed. So, if you're like, if, you know, if, if there's only 110 targets to go around to Lazard and Watson and uh, Watkins, well, no, you have MVS's targets. Lazard's already been on the team. He already saw 60 targets last year. I like. Let's just do some simple math. <laughs> I'm kind of sick of people not being willing to do the simple math. That's that's just where I'm at. I'm getting fed up on this podcast. (laughs) There's so many things on here. I'm just like, why don't people get it? (laughs) AJ Dylan, your
1: dome piece.
0: (laughs) Think with your dome piece, AJ Dylan. Um. I love AJ Dillon this year. I think he's a great value this year. Running back 23 for me and running back 23 for Cameron. Cameron and I are like in sync on our rankings, except for Almanaroff, the only one that we're a little bit distanced. But like, we're in sync today. I appreciate this. Tyler, you have him running back 27. You're a bit lower. Is there any reason for that? Or is there just like, just that many handful of guys you like more? I don't think either They're... answer is wrong. I think it, I mean, Dylan, Dylan goes in this, 30 to 20 range somewhere it's just a matter of where and I think he's closer to 20 than he is 30
1: yeah I I, I think I'm kind of lacking on the receiving numbers for AJ Dillon just because he did he did get more receiving work last year so maybe that pushes him closer to 25 but like here are the guys I mean here are the guys that would be ahead of him still for me Brees Hall, Kareem Hunt, Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, J.K. Dobbins, Elijah Mitchell, like Dylan would be my like top RB three. I'm not ready to put him into that RB two conversation just yet.
0: Yeah, that's fair, and I think I think having him at borderline running back two is probably where I'm comfortable having him. I don't know if I want to actually roster him as my running back two, right? But if I can roster him as my running back three, I am absolutely thrilled with that. I'll take that 10 times out of 10 in, in all my drafts this year. Um, yeah, I, I find myself wanting to draft AJ Dillon, but waiting just a smidge too long because of value and where I think he could actually go. So no, 100% agree. Um, let's uh, let's wrap out the Packers uh, since we are coming up close to an hour here. Uh, let's wrap out the Packers. You got to choose one, Lazard, Watson, or Sammy Watkins. Who are you going with? Who do you have who are you picking to have the best season out of those three?
1: I'll go Lazard. I I'm just want Lazard as well. I I Watson's gonna take a while to get acclimated. Watkins, there I mean Watkins isn't even a guarantee to make the team. Let's just be real. Right. But that contract he signed is not a guaranteed spot. So yeah. I think if anything, maybe oh, that should have been my hot take. Randall Cobb will finish as a wide receiver two on the Packers this year. We'll That's put what it we pencil.
0: With. We'll, we'll put it, it in pencil. pencil. <laughs> it's like a, like a sub-note sub note to your hot take.
1: I mean, I mean the four, the four most relevant Packer players in fantasy this year, Aaron Rodgers, because he's Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Even though he may not be super productive, he's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and Robert Tunyon.
0: That's that. That's that. I agree. I agree. I'm not too invested in any other Packers players outside of that. All right. I, I We could sit and talk Minnesota Vikings football for a long time, but I'm going to give us seven minutes to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. I think we can do it, mostly because a lot of these guys are no-brainers. Okay? Justin Jefferson. Wide receiver two for Cameron and I. Wide receiver one for you. What separates him from Cooper Cup for you? Is it even a separation, or is it like a – like I? He fell 10 points ahead of Cooper Cup for me, and that's it.
1: I've got him. I've got him like 14 points ahead of Cooper Cup.
0: Okay. So it's like one game worth of production.
1: Yeah. It's but like maybe actually, you know what? I'll summarize it like this Go check out our Twitter.
0: There it okay? is. There it is. Our
1: pinned tweet is a thread that yours truly made explaining why Cooper Cup really is not likely to repeat what he did last year. And if that's the case, he won't finish wide receiver
0: one. Yep.
1: I'm just hedging my bet. that it's going to be Jefferson that finishes wide receiver one. It could also be Jamar chase. And I even threw in a dark horse in that
0: thread. I like the dark horse digs. I do too. I kind of do. I like the dark horse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, look, Third year is when we see the biggest leap from wide receivers. We've seen massive strides from Jefferson already. Now you get Kevin O'Connell in here, not a run-first offense anymore. I agree. Go check out that thread on Twitter. We love Justin Jefferson this year. I have Cooper Cup three points ahead of Justin Jefferson. He's just that. He's that close being my wide receiver one this year too. Adam Thielen, we'll talk about the other wide receiver. Um, wide receiver 25 for Cameron. and I Again, we are just in sync. You have him at 27, not too far off. Look, he's going as the wide receiver 30 in fantasy drafts, and this is a guy, before his injury last year, wide receiver 7, outscoring Jamar Chase. Think about that for a second. Been a top 12 wide receiver the past three years when healthy. Is there any possibility we're underrating Adam Thielen this year?
1: Maybe just a little bit, because he's really kind of solidified himself as a red zone guy, because he's, he's hit yep. double-digit touchdowns, Every or I don't remember what the stat is, but that kind of touchdown production is going to be utilized a ton this year. Yeah. Yep. So there, yeah, I, don't I definitely, even sco- definitely agree. Go ahead.
0: No, I was Go just ahead. saying, I definitely agree. That's all.
1: I, I just think, like, I know everyone's going to be apprehensive because Robert Woods didn't, you know, get off to the hottest start last year as a wide receiver, too, for the Rams but the pace that he got on before tearing his ACL, he would have finished as a wide receiver too. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I think it's appropriate. If you can get him at the 25 range, I think that's about appropriate. I don't want to, I don't want to reach too early, too much earlier than that, but I don't want to wait too much longer than that either. Mm-hmm. Dalvin cook running back four for me and running back four for Cameron running back five for you. He shouldn't be drafted outside of the top five running backs. His ADP is running back six. I've been able to get him at the back end of the first round with some mock drafts, which is absurd to me. I get there's injury concern. Misses only two games a year. Better than a McCaffrey who, who's been missing how much time over the past couple of years. I've. I, it's just standard for these first round running backs, okay? There's no reason he should be going outside of the top five running backs. They're just They're just isn't he's elite when he's on the field he should be top five fair we can just leave it at that fair kirk cousins qb 14 for me qb 14 for cameron i am telling you just mm. cameron you're cameron you're killing it in your (laughs) rankings man (laughs) by my standard (laughs) but tyler you have my quarterback 12 i actually really like this honestly is is there optimism for the fact that he's been a top 12 quarterback six of the past seven years in fantasy? Now, if you didn't don't know that, quit hating on my boy Kirk. Or is it because they brought in Kevin O'Connell, who, who did wonders for Stafford? Or is the answer yes to that question?
1: I was going to say, what if I told you that the answer to that question is actually both?
0: It's actually yes. <laughs> it's
1: actually yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, what specifically has you excited for Kirk this year with Kevin O'Connell? Cause I think we can look at the history and say, well, yeah, it would make sense that he's there, but what, what about O'Connell excites you for Kirk this year?
1: I just think it's going to be much more creative in the passing game. And I know that Kirk does really well off of play action. That's kind of what the Rams did a little bit with golf before going to Stafford but i really i really do think o'connell can kind of find a way to get kirk out of that play action shell a little bit and you know and, and really solidify him as one of the best pocket passers in the nfl
0: i just look at what he did with stafford last year and i say why can't he do that with kirk i get kirk and stafford aren't exactly the same quarterback but i don't think our expectations are set for kirk to be stafford But I think you can do wonders with Kirk. Two good pocket passers.
1: I mean, the the reality of it is this. Getting a coach like O'Connell is not just going to put... um, Maybe, actually, let me rephrase this. Zimmer being the head coach with Kubiak as the offensive coordinator, going to O'Connell is not going to necessarily, like, Improve Kirk, it's going to improve the situation around Kirk. It's going to put players in better situations and better open space for Kirk to rack up yards, rack up touchdowns. It's going to improve everybody. Maybe not directly in terms of play styles and stuff, but just getting people in more space and more open areas is going to benefit Kirk.
0: Definitely agree. I stepped away from the microphone for a second. It was all good. But I things. agree. That's all you need. It to was know. all good. things. I agree. <laughs> Whatever Tyler said, I agree. That wraps out the NFC North. That wraps out another episode of the fantasy football fellows as well. Any final thoughts on the NFC North before we uh, wrap out the episode?
1: Let me, let me get real close to my mic for this one. Okay.
0: Let's get real close.
1: Kirk cousins. was. Is ahead of Aaron Rodgers in my rankings. And guess what? That's how it's going to finish.
0: I like that a lot. I like you like that. You like that.
1: Welcome, <laughs> welcome to Villa's ASMR, where we like her cousins. <laughs> we
0: like it a lot. We like it a lot. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fells podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, go buy our draft guide $5, Venmo Cash at PayPal. Get projections on over 200 players, 600 statted-out projections because you get projections from myself, from Tyler, and from Cameron. Three different people, three different projections. You can see where we have players for this upcoming year. That is something you do not want to miss. It's $5. It's $5. You can go without your iced grande caramel latte from Starbucks this week. Talking to a bunch of dudes. I I don't know. I enjoy myself a latte every once in a while, but like that's not a weekly purchase for me. You don't need a pack of baseball cards this week. I know you're watching all those lives on TikTok of people breaking open football cards. You don't need that pack of football cards this week. You're not pulling anything slick.
1: You can not pull a double your
0: fancy league if you go by our draft guide though.
1: Imagine Five all the dollars. baseball cards you could buy if you win your fancy football league.
0: That's exactly it. It's about being smart with your investment. Five dollar draft guide, F uh, fantasy football fellows on Venmo, FF fellows on both Cash App and PayPal. Uh, head on over to the socials too. FF fellows on Twitter, DFF FF fellows on Instagram, fantasy football fellows on Facebook, YouTube. We're posting content there pretty much daily. Uh, we're up, we're up a hundred subscribers, which is big news for us. We've been making some moves Ooh-hoo. over there. We're getting more active on YouTube. So if you're subscribed over here and watching, we appreciate you all. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, and then on TikTok as well past 70,000 followers yesterday 70,000 we're past 71,000 we're at 71 and a half right now that's why i went to uh go put down my phone i was posting on tiktok and my phone was almost dead and i didn't want it to die while it was posting (laughs) so i had to put it on the charger so yeah go give us a follow over there too we uh posting content every single day for you over there as well just two Stooges being dudes tonight. I know Cameron wishes he could be with us. He will be back soon. If he's not back on Thursday, he will be back next week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fells podcast. Three Stooges being dudes, Fantasy Football fells. Deuces. Deuces.